Memphis, 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 Hi, this is Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and you're listening to Grizz 901. What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. Coming off a huge win, we're going to break it down for you today. I am your host, Daniel Greer, and on today's episode, we have Nathan Qualls at Mem Grizz Homer. I know you're already following him because uh, he's probably doing some uh, crazy tweeting these days. But Nathan, what's up, man? How do you feel? One to ten about the series right now coming off that game. Well, it's hard to not feel like a ten coming off that game. <clears throat> a ten coming off of that game. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, no, I feel great. Listen, I said after the last game, I thought this would be a seven-game series, that they would be a lot of back and forth, a lot more even than some – uh, I guess national personality thought it would be, but uh, yeah, I feel great coming off that game. I still think there's a lot left on the table on the Grizzly side. Um, obviously the Warriors have some left on the table as well, but the Grizzlies have a lot more they can improve upon still after game two, but um, yeah, I feel great. And actually, yeah, I just had to put my phone on do not disturb because uh, you guys are blowing me up on, on Twitter, which I really appreciate. So shout out to you guys. I I like that. Keep, 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 keep them coming, man. English is hard. Just got done with a with a workout, so I'm a little amped up. The heart rate's high. We'll see. You'll, you'll see that throughout this podcast. I, I got a high heart rate right now. You got a high heart rate, and my dog in the background, I don't know if she's got a mouthful of pollen or what, but she is trying to get it out, whatever it is. So if you hear her, I apologize. Nobody is beating her. <laughs> she is uh, just enjoying a nice sunny day here in Memphis. All right, so the Grizzlies win 106 to 101 on the back of a 47-point performance. And it was a performance. We've talked about that before. Ja put on a show, and he talked the talk, and he walked the walk, and no, he's not doing the, the gritty yet, but he might. And if they win four games in this series, he will, 100%. Whether it's on the Grizzlies' home court or whether it's out there in the Warriors' land, he's doing the gritty. And I hope that the Grizzlies win. And I kind of hope it's at Golden State, just so he can do it on their court. And how mad would those fans be? I'm excited. I can't wait. All right, let's break it down real quick. Curry, 27 points, 3 of 11 from deep. He did have nine rebounds and eight assists. Klay Thompson was very, very quiet. Uh, He did go 2 of 12, but 2 of 12 from deep is, is terrible. Uh, but just looking through these numbers, we also had Jordan Poole go for another 20 points, one of six from deep. Uh, the other, there's nobody really else that did great, uh, but somebody who was big on the Warriors that whole entire game, somebody who had them crucial second chance points. And that was Andrew Wiggins. He had 16 points, nine rebounds. They didn't shoot well in general, seven of 38 from deep, 18.4%. That's probably not going to happen again. Right. But a lot of people, national Warriors fans and people that don't really understand basketball are just saying that the Grizzlies got away with one, that they shot so bad that this series is over. They just played bad. Well, if one, 
give the Grizzlies some credit defensively. I think they're doing a decent job. Uh, but, but two, like the Grizzlies haven't played well either. The Grizzlies, nobody on their team played well. Nobody outside of John Morant and a really good performance out of Zaire Williams. Those are the two people that I really thought did a great job. Everybody else was subpar, and they played so many people. Let's get into Ja. He had 47 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, five of 12 from deep, five of 12. He's now done that. I think in back-to-back games, he went uh, four or five uh, three-pointers made in that last game. So he's shooting the deep ball. They're giving it to him, so he's burying it. Uh, 15 to 31 overall. He was very efficient the entire night. Uh, And just looking through the rest of these, Zaire Williams, as we talked about, 14 points, five rebounds, four of eight from beyond the three-point line. Very, very big moment. Uh, Jaron fouled out, had issues. Uh, and I know we we'll talk about the other stuff, but the Grizzlies go 14 of 45 from deep, 31.1%. That means they should win the game because if they shoot above 30% beyond three and are taking a decent number, that means the game should be pretty open up in the lane. And it was. That's why Jaw went off. So uh, what's your first takes about that and the box score so far? Anything that uh, just kind of stands out to you, Nathan? Well, I don't understand the people who are saying that that the Warriors won't shoot that poorly from three again. The series is over. The Grizzlies can barely beat him. Like, Tyus Jones is one for seven. He missed every floater. The one was a layup on an and one. I mean, it's Tyus isn't going to be that inefficient. Melton did not shoot the way he shot in the first game, and I expect him to shoot a little bit better. Bain has not been himself. Hopefully he's back to 100% by Saturday. Jaron, who went off in the first game, was not as efficient this game. Like, the Grizzlies only shot 40% from the floor. They weren't looking like themselves either. And like you said, give the Grizzlies some credit on the perimeter defense. Like, there were some that the Warriors missed that were wide open, but I want to go back and make sure. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins, one for seven from three. And he is the only person who consistently would get good looks from three yesterday. And that's by design. I don't understand how people don't understand. That's by design. Steph Curry, they're running him off the line. Clay Thompson, they're running him off the line. They did the Grizz did a much better job yesterday of not jumping at the pump fakes. And I mean, credit to Clay Thompson. He's getting he's getting them off, but he's missing them because they're tough shots and they're contested shots. And if they they will live with a Wiggins three three pointer above those guys getting their looks. So the Grizzlies, their their scheme is causing some of this. Now, 18 for what was it? 18%, 7 for 38. Yeah, you probably won't see him shoot under 20% again, but let's not pretend it's the, the Grizzlies defense is not playing a part in that. Just like the Wolves defense played a huge part in Ja not being able to score as much last series, right? So uh, I don't understand some of the doubting coming from that. I think this is a really evenly matched series. I think the Grizzlies are built in a way to beat the Warriors, but the Warriors have the experience and the understanding of – how to value every procession in the playoffs and really lock it in for a full 48. And I don't know if I said this last pod, but I've definitely in conversation between you and me, I've said this before. If the Grizzlies can lock in for a full 48, the way the Warriors know how to lock in for a full 48, the Grizzlies will win this in six. Mm. It, it, they will, but the experience obviously plays a factor. So I, I still got Grizz in seven, but um yeah, I, I don't understand all of this. It's a really competitive series, and I don't understand why people think it's anything but that. So 
should be a lot of fun. Um, obviously, it's already super physical, but yeah, I had a lot of fun. There, there's definitely some things I think they should improve upon, but all in all, I thought the Grizzlies played a great game and they contributed to the Warriors' struggles. It's not all luck. After one series win and then another another win after a tight loss, I don't know why people are saying the Grizzlies keep getting lucky. Yeah, I just don't get it. Yeah, so just looking back at the stats in general, uh, they did shoot, what was it, 36.8% in the first game beyond three. Um, and then the one loss that the Warriors had against the uh, the Nuggets, I believe they shot 35.3% beyond three. Every other game was 40% or higher. So they've been giving and getting what they want. And this series, I think it's just different. I think the Grizzlies are making a uh, a good game plan to run them off the line. There's a reason that the Warriors are leading the Grizzlies in points in the paint. Like, that never happens. But also, the Grizzlies aren't scoring as many points in the paint because that's the Warriors' game plan. Now, does it flip on its head if, for some reason, Ja doesn't hit those threes? Maybe. And maybe does he try to get into the paint more and then their actual game plan comes into play? Uh, but let's just look back at the game, the series in general. Both teams could be 2-0. Both teams could be 0-2. Just looking at these two games, one, one point in the first game, five points in the second game. It's a total of six points. Neither team has played to the best of their ability yet. And with that being said, I think eventually – you're going to see that happen. I think you're eventually going to see Clay get into a rhythm, maybe Curry, pull two of the three, get into a rhythm, and it's just one of those games that they're just shooting the lights out. Okay? That, that easily could happen. But also you could see the same thing with Jaron going off again, Bain getting healthy and just filling it up, Dylan goes off, and then Ja just continues to do what he's been doing. So – I just think that a lot of people aren't giving credit to both both teams. And I know it's a lot of the Warriors fan base. I'm annoyed by them, too. I, I, I think that um, we're really going to get a, a behind-the-scenes look. Uh, we're going to interview the guy who runs the Dubs Lead account, which is uh, the Warriors uh, team affiliate for the Lead Sports Media. We're going to uh, sit down and do a podcast we're recording. I believe it's going to be either Wednesday or Thursday, uh, release on Thursday, I believe, at some point. But it will be a behind the scenes. And we're going to ask the questions that I want to know and that Grizz Nation wants to know is, you know, maybe why do you hate Ja? Why do you why do you seem to always need to compare Steph Curry and Ja Morant? What is it about Draymond? Like, what are these questions? And I want to know from their side of, of the, I guess, the aisle. Tell us why you think this way. And then they're going to ask me the same questions about Grizzlies. Why do they feel like that? Why does that fan base see the Grizzlies and their fan base and their players a certain way? So I think it'll be very intriguing. Anything that you want me to ask, I'm putting you on the spot. Anything you want me to ask, because I, I, I'm loaded and I have plenty of time. I, I don't know if we should get into this yet, but it just seems like a very one sided fan base. Like, I don't have issue with anyone in the Warriors organization even Andre Iguodala it's just a fun thing to boo Andre Iguodala I don't really dislike Andre Iguodala it's just part of the game it's part of the fun being in it Draymond I 
I probably I might be in the minority of Grizz fans here, but I actually love Draymond on the whole. I think I put this out last night. I hate when we play him. I hate him when we play him. But as on the whole, I love him. He's super smart basketball player. Always gives you a hundred percent. Always is exactly who he is, and I love that. And so our, they're cocky, sure, but so is our team, right? Like I have no issue with that. It's a fun back and forth. But the thing with the Warriors fan base, I see, is it's fine for our guys to be cocky. But it's not fine for your guys to be cocky. It's fine for our guy to smack your guy in the face and pull him down with the jersey. But when your guy makes a hard foul, it's breaking a code. And so I don't – we'll get it. We should probably talk about that later because I think there's still more game stuff to we talk will. about. We will. But that's what, that's what I see when it comes to that. But I want to go back to something you said as far as um, getting out shot or the, the Warriors taking more shots in the paint and getting more points in the paint. Right. 100% that's a part of the Grizzlies game plan is we're not going to give you an open shot. And it's really, really clear to see they're running Steph off the line and Steph's going to go and get his inside the arc. They're like, that's fine. Right. right. It, and then I literally liked how I saw Bane playing clay the way that the Warriors are playing Bane. Right. Like if everybody collapsed when, when Curry sort of split and got into the paint, Bane didn't collapse. He yeah. stayed out there. And if they dish it out to Wiggins or somebody like that and he knocked down the three, then we're okay with that. But I think that on the flip side, on the Grizzlies offense, that's something that they can and need to improve upon is getting the best shot. And I think that's one thing that the Warriors have done much better than the Grizzlies so far in these first two games is even if it's early shot clock, the Warriors are getting a good shot for them, right? They very rarely take a bad shot early in the shot clock. And I think that the Grizz are settling for too many transition threes, um, early shot clock, swing, swing, but really you could get it back out and try and get back in the paint. Um, Which listen, there's times where like, if it's Desmond Bain taking a transition three, I'm not ever going to be mad about it. That's a good shot. After he hit one. Yeah, right. And then if Jaron, you know, if, when he was as hot as he was in game one, if he takes a three like that, you know, there's there's a difference with that. But I know Jaron took a shot last night on a transition three when he wasn't feeling it as much. Right. I don't know. What did he go last night? Was it two for seven from three? Yeah, two, yeah. two, seven, two for seven from three. And he took a transition three late in the game and it's a tight game. Like that's not the way right. to do that possession. Right. Yeah. And there's just a you may not get a better shot, but I know that the broadcasters last night which god pete and brevin save us please but they're talking about kyle passing up a top of the key three or maybe as a wing three to get down and he's like well zaire saved him on that put back there but kyle passed up a good shot to go get in a tough shot i'm like no he has not shot well from three all year i don't know right. what his percentage is but i would be amazed if it's above 31 i would not be shocked at all if it's below 30 i'm like that's like that's a good decision to, okay, I'm going to get in the paint because I have a better chance of making a contested shot here in the paint than I do of making an open three out here. And the Grizzlies need to make sure they get to that every possession, right? No wasted shots. Um, and so I think they could do a better job of that for sure. But um, yeah, I, I, that's one area of improvement that I think if they do that, I think they win the series in, seven maybe six because right now they're i agree with tnt the tnt crew on one side which is the grizzlies are leaving too much out on the floor 
right? I don't think it's right. luck that the, they beat the Warriors. I don't think that they're playing like completely dumb basketball or anything like that, but they are definitely playing youthful basketball and they are right. leaving stuff on the floor that if you don't, I bet you win that game by 10, yeah, 11 points, right? So that's one thing that I really think they need to improve upon. And if they do that, I think that pain differential will really start to even out. Um, but yeah, there's, that's a, those are little things that I think can go a long way in this series. Yeah. And a lot of people are going back to the fact that the Grizzlies won on the back of John Morant. They did, right? He played well. It was a game that they had to have someone show up after Dylan goes out. Jaron just doesn't look like himself. He's doing stupid fouls again. I don't, I don't understand why he needs to reach in so much. It doesn't make sense. Well, on the Jaron front, absolutely. He needs to be smarter. He got a couple of tough calls in that third quarter. The only foul I was super upset about was the foul on the pool layup. That was just terrible, terrible foul. But I mean, the sixth foul, obviously you hate it, but it's almost like they drew that play up to get him his sixth foul. And that's not his fault. There's one foul I really had issue with him on. He had some tough calls, but since it's an issue, I think we always put it on Jaron. But I always like to point out there were some tough calls in that game that his fifth and sixth could have easily been his third and fourth, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, but also you look at it, and this is what I look at from a side of maybe the coaching side, uh, the, I guess, former whatever small player I was, of uh, being a knowledgeable fan. Now, I'm looking at the work he's doing prior to the shot going up or the shot coming off the rim. On the rebound, he's getting a lot of fouls. He's much bigger than everybody else. If he would do his work early and then once the shot actually comes off the rim, he's already in a better position. He doesn't have to use his hand so much. He doesn't have to try to reach and grab somebody, hold them for a second, and then go get the ball. Because a lot of times that's what he's doing. People flail. I get it, right? It's going to happen. But he does not look for his, his, I guess, person attacking the glass until the ball is literally going up. He tries to turn around, push them out of the way, and grab the ball. If he would work early, he'd be better. Yeah, and that's the lesson he needs to learn is, one, get yourself in that position earlier. But, two, if you're not in that position, just give up the layup. Let it go. Give up the layup, right? You don't have to go get all of them, you know? And, you know, that's just a step in progression for him. But I I definitely – Obviously, there's a couple fouls last night. I'm like, eh, probably shouldn't do that. But in general, he, I don't put all that on him. Tough whistle yeah. on a couple of those. All right. So, like I said earlier, people were talking about the um, John Morant game. Very much deserving. But looking at this, and I think I heard Chuck say, you know, without Ja, you know, they would easily lose that game. He took six more shots than Steph Curry. He had 47. Steph Curry, 27. He took six more shots and had 20 more points than the other best player on the other team. I get it. That jaw was amazing, but six more shots. It's not that big of a deal, especially if you're feeling it that well. And so, yes, jaw was amazing. I don't want to take anything from him, but this team is very good and they find ways to win. And we're I'm obviously myself, I'll go back and watch the game uh, probably a couple times. I have not yet uh, been able to do that other than just live last night. Uh, but Ja was Ja was really good. Zaire came up clutch. But realistically, just looking through the numbers, the game 
again did not go the way the regular season games go. Like they had 83 combined three-pointers taken. That that is just astronomical just in itself. But then if you look at the rebounds, the re, the Grizzlies were out-rebounded by 5 overall, 2 on the offensive end. And I know uh, we spoke about this off the podcast before. There's a lot of balls that are getting ricocheted far out. And the reason is because it is a lot of three-pointers taken and a lot of them from the Golden State Warriors are they're ricocheting pretty far out. So even if you have Steven Adams on the floor, they're still going to go far out. Uh, I do think he could help and hopefully he'll be available for game three. Uh, but these numbers don't and won't change that much. They were out rebound on the defensive end by three. So looking at the assists, the, the Warriors had 27 to the Grizzlies 17. That's a 10 di- differential. That means we're not moving yeah. the ball, but that also comes on the back of a, a game where jaw is dominating the ball and scoring 47 points. So I had to understand why that uh, is a difference, but the difference that I like the most is the steals. The Grizzlies had 13 to the Warriors six. They also only had 13 turnovers to the Warriors 18. Like that just goes to show that the Grizzlies are creating havoc on their end, but also the Warriors are being a little bit loose with the ball. Draymond himself. I want to say he had five turnovers in the first game. Well, the second game he had four. So it's not lessening much more than that. And if you want to talk about somebody else, Steph Curry, five. Like even how much that John Morant had the ball in his hands, he only had two turnovers the entire game. So let that sink in. Ja played amazing. I'm not saying he's on the level of Steph Curry yet. I think right now in their career, I might would take Ja over Steph right now. Not going the back. I'm not saying I'm not comparing the in their heyday because Ja isn't in his heyday and Steph Curry's not in his heyday anymore. So just looking at the two players, I do believe that Ja Morant might just be better than Steph Curry right now. Do you agree with that simple statement? I do. And there's there's reasoning behind that, which is the argument for Steph being better is when he goes supernova, it's like something you've never seen, right? Like, I mean, the all-star game, Steph Curry, we've seen that in real NBA action. Right. And when he starts doing that, it's just like, you sort of sit back and you go, man, even if your team's getting crushed by it, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you're like, man, like it's, it's awesome. But here's the thing. Now when John Morant goes supernova, it's the same thing. Right. I mean, like last night, Ja is known for his attacking up the paint, getting to the rim. He had some freaky stuff where I could have swore to God he levitated last night <laughs> on a couple of those plays. Like the dunk, I was just like, I watched it and I go, my wife came home at like 1130 from studying. And she's like, I'm so tired. I'm going to go to bed. I go, yeah, but you have to watch the Grizzlies highlights first and yeah. play them. I, you got to see Ja levitate. Right. And she would go, I didn't even tell her which play it was, but when it happened, she goes, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like it's unbelievable. And so, and then John's hitting step back threes in crunch time in a one point game or a tie game. Like, so if John is doing that going supernova, he's starting to match what Curry can do when he goes supernova. And as far as a night in night out basis, like we saw Curry last night, like his game is not built to be consistent and that's yeah. not at all saying he's not a consistent player right but right. when your game is predicated on long range you're more likely to have off nights and honestly i like jaw defensively 
more than that, which mm. Ja's thing on defense is awareness. It is. If Ja locks in, I think he is a better defender than Steph Curry. The thing is Ja's not locked in. But again, that's a youthful thing. Now, wow. I'm not going to sit there and say I give the edge Ja because of his defense. I'm saying I give the edge Ja because I feel like when Ja is getting to his game, you can count on it more than when Steph is getting to his game. Now, again, I am not saying Steph Curry cannot just kill you from three night in and night out. Like it's, it's one, it's a neck and neck thing, right? We're, we're picking hairs here, but yeah, I, I would take Ja. When they were saying they would rather have Steph than Ja, I did not. I did. I disagreed. So but, I would take a hundred percent. I'm obviously biased, but yeah, we're biased, but also we've seen Ja play. Uh, everybody's seen Steph Clay, uh, Steph Clay. Everybody's seen Steph play. Um, and so because he's on national TV consistently, I can look at it and say, Steph in his heyday is better than Ja has ever been right now. Cause Steph oh, was yeah. just, he's almost unguardable because he could shoot from anywhere. <laughs> but right now with the aging of a superstar, I just don't know. Maybe he's not as healthy. I just don't see his his hands and his fingerprints on the game as much as they used to be. I just think he's you can guard him just a tiny bit better than you could, I guess, five years ago, easily. Well, and let me let me put it this way. I to can to try and push that I'm not biased here. If you said, would I rather have Ja than either Luca or Giannis? Mm. I would tell you yes, only because I'm a Grizzlies fan. If I was an objective NBA viewer, the answer would be no. Luca would be close. Giannis, I would rather have Giannis than Ja. But because I'm a Grizzlies fan, I, I would rather have Ja. But yeah. I'm not going to say just because I'm a Grizzlies fan, I would rather have Ja than Steph. I think that's neck and neck. Again, in his heyday, Steph, obviously better. But Ja has not gotten to his heyday yet. Right now, one's sort of on the on the up and up, and one's on the decline of his career. Um, still an awesome player. God, I know people are going to be like, oh, he's on the decline of his career. Okay, he's still an <laughs> awesome player. But I would rather have Ja right now, for sure. All right. We're heading into game three. It is Saturday, 7.30 Central, out at the Chase Center, where I'm talking about the Chase Center is so tough to play in. Nobody can beat the Warriors at the Chase Center. Uh, I guess that the Grizzlies are coming back uh, one and three. Uh, you know, chalk it up to a loss. You're walking into the Chase Center, and it's where honestly players go to die. Like that's just what it's known to be, and um, yeah, it's pretty much over. But I don't know, Nathan. I don't know if you remember this. So last year, the Grizzlies, uh, I think they they made the playoffs. I believe um, they ended up playing the Utah Jazz. But before they got there, um, didn't they have a game? Did they have to go play anywhere against a certain team? And Maybe win. I I really don't I don't remember. I all I remember is I blacked out and accidentally tore my friend's blanket that her grandmother made for her. But I don't remember what happened exactly. Can you can you remind me? Let me just take you down the road of last year. It was a beautiful time, beautiful season. And man, I want to say the Grizzlies, they went into the Chase Center where players go to die. And they won. They beat this young player, Stephen Curry. And they beat the other players. And I get it. They didn't have Clay, But I, you know what? We didn't have this jaw. 
And that's what I want to bank everything on. I'm saying that the Grizzlies are going to go into game three and they're going to win. That is a bold statement, but there's now going to be a three days rest. So Wednesday, as you're hearing this Thursday, Friday, all days off, hopefully Bane can just get put into the cryotherapy chamber and heal his back. Uh, Maybe we'll do a prayer circle for Bane's back and we'll get him back to square one. Uh, We have not heard as of this taping, this recording, we have not heard about Dylan Brooks and whether or not he'll be suspended. Who knows? I I wouldn't think so, Uh, but crazier things have happened. Uh, But I believe that the Grizzlies will go in and win game three. I just have a feeling about it. There's something about this team uh, that when they are least expected to do something, they go in and prove everyone wrong. So I really think that they have a chance to go in and grab game three Uh, and I expect them honestly to really put on a show and I think they're going to still dominate in the areas that they dominate in Uh, but getting the likes back of of Steven Adams might be a great addition I know that the Golden State Warriors are getting back their minus 12 guy and Andre Iguodala Um, and I know we're about to get into a lot of what's going to happen and what happened in this past game off the court but kind of on the court and we're going to break all that down But, Nathan, I know you're not in a betting state, but if I told you I was going to give you, let's say, six and a half points for the Grizzlies, do you like those odds? Six and a half points. Are you saying win by six and a half, like plus or minus six and a half? The Grizzlies are plus six and a half in this game against the Warriors. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% 100% I would take that. I mean, it's been two really, really close games. It's That game could have easily been one possession if it wasn't for fouls at the end. So, yeah, I would take plus six and a half in a heartbeat. Yeah, so this game, uh, the, the first game was two, two and a half in favor of the, the Warriors. The second game, same, two, two and a half. And now they go out to the Chase Center. The Chase Center. They go out there and uh, they're giving uh, six and a half. So, I like those odds. Uh, it could be a blowout. Who knows? But in my opinion, I think these Grizzlies are about that. And I think because I believe in who they are, I think it's just Vegas trying to get all the money from San Francisco as they possibly can because they don't want to put it too low, right, just in case. So uh, I think you're going to see even some people that live in San Francisco, they're probably going to take the plus six and a half Grizzlies because I would. But all right, yeah. enough about the game two. Enough about game three. We want to get into a little off the court, on the court antics and everything else that's surrounding this. And this is honestly going to be off the chest. And I know, Nathan, you're ready. I I know that we've talked about it. I had to shut you up and push the record button and start the podcast because I want to hear exactly what you want to say about all of this. There's a lot going on. I know you have a strong feeling. I want to start off with one person in particular. I want to start off with Steve Kerr because I think he gets you going. I just want to get you going so you then explode. So let's start you off hot. Steve Kerr, what are your thoughts about that guy? I I feel like he's a good dude, right? Good dude, great coach, you know, loves his players. (sighs) You broke the mic, broke the mic. Yeah, Steve Kerr, I've – 
calmed myself down since last night as much as I can. And I thought a lot about this because I texted you last night specifically asking if we could get on a podcast <laughs> after I heard his post-game interview. And I wanted to think about it a lot, make sure I wasn't saying anything I didn't mean. And so I want to bring this back to the Warriors fans for a second. There are smart fans in every corner of the basketball world, undoubtedly, including the Bay Area. That being said, if you are an intelligent basketball fan that is in the Bay Area, you need to get on a Twitter to redeem the entire fan base. Because I'm yet to see anyone that even shows a hint of unbiased basketball takes. And this is coming from someone who has Homer in their Twitter handle. And I still can confidently say I make vastly more unbiased takes than anyone from the Warriors fan base. But I don't blame you guys, Warriors fans. It's not your fault because attitude reflects leadership. Remember the Titans, great movie. Go see it if you haven't. Attitude reflects leadership. And there's not much you can do when you are following a narcissistic, politicking, woe is me coach like Steve Kerr, who wants to sit here and say the Grizzlies aren't playing physical, they're playing dirty. Who wants to say, Dylan Brooks broke the code while you have Draymond Green on your roster. Now, let me be very, very clear about another thing. I actually love Draymond Green. That might put me in some hot water with some Grizzlies fans. I love Draymond Green. He is always exactly who he is. He plays crazy hard. He's a super smart basketball player. I love Draymond Green. That being said, if you're going to sit here and say anyone in this series is dirty and point fingers at anyone who is not Draymond Green, give me a break, dude. Like I had somebody call me a stupid word that my mother-in-law would not want me to say on this podcast and said that Brandon Clark never got slapped in the face by Draymond and that Draymond was actually very kind and generous by holding him up so that he wouldn't fall hard. And I had to post a video and I said as nicely as I could, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And assume you're either a bot, which if so, you got me. Sorry, but I couldn't let this stand. Or you just are saying something that you heard somebody say because you're not actually a basketball fan. You just left the shill for the Warriors. And you haven't seen this video where Draymond very clearly smacks Brandon Clark full on in the face while not looking at the basketball. I'm not saying he wasn't going for the basketball. I'm saying he definitely wasn't looking at the basketball. And you don't get to say, you helped someone by holding them up by their jersey. When the only reason you have their jersey is because you grabbed a huge handful of it to pull them down to make sure they didn't make the shot. Now, let me be clear about something else. I did not think that Draymond deserved a flagrant two in -hmm. game one. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe he deserved two flagrant ones in one play, and that was a reasoning. I could get behind that. Nothing in there. I thought was a flagrant too. I thought it was a hard basketball play. It's physical. It's a playoffs. Don't give a guy an easy bucket. I'm okay with that. But you really want to come and say that that was less dangerous than what Dylan Brooks did? Smack him. You could have easily broken his nose. If you get him at the wrong angle, he easily could hurt his knee coming down like that. 
the only difference is that Brandon Clark didn't catch himself like on his wrist the way that Gary Payton did. Now, what Dylan Brooks did was reckless. It was definitely a reckless play. But people are out here trying to say he intentionally tried to hurt Gary Payton. Dude, I've seen Ja Morant get hit like that six times this year. And to be honest, they were all flagrant ones. Now, I have no problem with Dylan Brooks getting a flagrant two because if if Draymond got a flagrant two in game one, Dylan Brooks should get a flagrant two there. But if we're being honest, that's been a flagrant one all year. And I hate that Gary Payton is hurt. Listen, he is – I don't think anyone can be a jaw stopper like they're saying. I definitely think he is a fun, young, athletic player that can give the Grizzlies issues. And it's a shame that he's not going to be playing in this series. But we really want to sit there and say Dylan Brooks was trying to hurt him. Please get out of here with that, dude. That's just and to even insinuate that as a head coach of a basketball team, bro, get off me. And Draymond, again, I love Draymond, but this woe is me stuff. People are like, I love that he uh, the people who agree with me, they're like, love Draymond's attitude. I love that he's double burdened the crowd. I love that he's getting I'm like, bro, you caught an elbow scrambling for a rebound. I just saw a video of DeAnthony Melton getting slapped in the face when he's sitting next to Jordan Poole because Poole's trying to flail on a shot. John Morant. In the first game, let's talk about your code for a second, Steve Kerr. John Morant in the first game, you think he just happened to fall square on his back going for that rebound? Uh, No. Guess what happened? He's the most athletic dude on the court, and so Draymond slid under him and took his legs out. I don't think Draymond was being dirty there. I think it was a physical basketball game where he's trying to make a play for the team and get a rebound. I... I have no problem with that, but you really want to sit here and tell me you have some stupid code that Dylan Brooks is the only one who's broke this series when Ja could have easily fractured a freaking vertebrae on that. Again, I don't think it's dirty. I don't think it was anything more than a physical basketball play because guess what? Athletes get hurt. It's what happens. You and me have talked about, I've had two surgeries in a non-contact sport. Guess what happens in a contact sport? Crap happens. You get hurt. I am sorry. It sucks. I don't want to see anyone get hurt, but get off me with your code and your woe is me crap, please. He's always sitting there and just grandstanding, morally grandstanding with this self-righteous bull crap. And I'm not here for it, man. I'm not here for it. Get out of here with this stuff, dude. Then you Warriors fan base, listen, you go ahead and put your heads in the sand because that's the cleanest place that I'd have to pull it out of. But I'm done with this crap. I'm here I'm for all the flames. People want to talk about the Grizzlies need to be humbled, please. John Morant dances because his teammate makes a three. Meanwhile, Steph makes a layup that maybe he got fouled on. He's sitting there shimmying, shaking his butt all over the court, pointing at cameras, and you're like, oh, that's Steph Curry. We love Steph Curry. Guess what? I love Steph Curry, too. But that, you can love both. But get right. off me with this crap. Idiots. Wow. I'm done. Wow. I'm done. Wow. All right. Um I don't even know how to keep going at this point. Um, I, I have a lot to say, but I don't know if we even need to say anything. Like, I I, I love Steph Curry. I'm just going to be honest. Huge fan of his. I'm a huge fan of John Morant. I think both players play the game with a lot of passion. I think they they play the game with a lot of flair. And realistically... There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. And the, the, the crazy thing about all of this is if you want to hate the player, hate the team because you're in a series with them, that's fine. Like, I love Anthony Edwards. I mm-hmm. do not like Patrick Beverly. I do not like Carl Anthony Towns. 
did I turn it up a little bit in that series? Because you see them play and they literally, they, they themselves probably turn it up a little bit. Yeah. Yes. And I think it's okay to be a fan and have a little bit of a rivalry. I don't know if that is what it is with the, uh, the Timberwolves, but I think it's heading that direction. And I think we all turned up a little bit and that's okay. At the end of the day, I, I think they're fans. I, I don't, love them at all I, I think that a lot of times they're just ignorant fans that don't know a lot about basketball just just being honest and I think that the Warriors fans um, I'm going to ask the questions later like I said I'm going to ask those questions of you know why do they say the things they say and why are they okay with one thing but not the other like is it just the way the fans are they're just like that or are they just that dumb like they don't understand they they're they're so biased that they can't see that they're that biased. Like I am very much a Grizzlies homer, just as yourself. But I also can can take a step back and and say without as much bias as possible that I think that Dylan Brooks should have given a flagrant two because mm-hmm. of the fact of you were given one person a flagrant two. It was pretty much a, something similar, even though I think – Draymond's had two actions and Dylan's had one action, but whatever. I did not see Grizzlies Twitter blowing up that Dylan Brooks was being thrown out of the game. Did you see that you were running the account last night? Did you see that people were just up in arms that he was being thrown out? No, I mean, you have the few people who few. say that's a flagrant right. one. And l- listen, all year that has been a flagrant one, but for far and away, people are like, okay, that's going to be a flagrant too. If Draymond's was a flagrant too, that is a flagrant too. And to be honest, I haven't seen much of Grizzlies Twitter argue against the suspension, myself included. Because right. here's the thing. You can say, well, if Brandon had gotten hurt, if Ja had gotten hurt, yada, yada, yada. But they didn't. And Gary Payton did get hurt. So if a suspension comes for Dylan, while I think it's crazy unfortunate, I don't think it was a dirty play by any means. I, I do not think he was trying to hurt Gary Payton. That yeah. being said, he's probably going to get a suspension and that's okay. Cause he did get hurt whether he meant to or not. Yeah. So no, I haven't seen that, but uh, off of what you're saying about the Timberwolves as well, that's a great example of Patrick Beverly. It is noted and archived how I feel about Patrick Beverly as a player, but I also, I'm not sure if I put this on Twitter, but I have messages back and forth between friends that they were talking about Pat Bev and towns. And I'm like, no, I'm going to be honest. I've gained respect for Patrick Beverly through the series because he's had his antics that he normally has. But to be honest, he has taken it just like he's dished it out, which has been my knock on him for forever. If you're going to dish it out, you got to be able to take it. And I thought he did in that series. So I gained respect for Patrick Beverly. I don't like Anthony Towns. I think he's phony as all get out and he's a fake tough guy and he's trying to be something he's not. And yeah, yeah. And that, and that sort of bugs me. Right. And he's never committed a foul in his life, according to him. But like Anthony Edwards, Grizzlies fans love Anthony Edwards. Right. And it's not going to matter if he's on the Grizzlies team at some point or not. We love him because that's where like that's the attitude, right? And we would feel the same way about Steph, Clay. Again, I already do love Draymond, but the really it's a Warriors fan base mentality that makes people not like those guys. Mm-hmm. Because they 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 play like our guys play. They're flashy. They're a little bit cocky. They're going to rub it in your face. And we're like, that fits our vibe. We're here for it. Right. And we'll talk trash back and forth. But 
oh no, we're gonna love those guys. We have nothing really against them. Yeah. But for some reason, the Warriors fan base finds anyone that's not in a Golden State jersey just insufferable if they happen to enjoy playing the game of basketball. Which, by the way, Memphis Grizzlies last fun team in basketball. So sorry about it. I love it. I uh, I'm here for all the pettiness. Memphis is petty AF. We we love a little bit of uh, chaos. The team loves a little bit of chaos. I I think that this is going to be an absolutely fun series. I don't know what's going to happen with the Dylan Brooks thing. In the end of the day, it is what it is. I think the Grizzlies are okay without him. I think they're better with him if he can play within himself, obviously. Uh, But I hate that Gary Payton, in the end of the day, has a fractured elbow. That was due to the speed of the play. The the honestly, how I guess risky that play was. Um, I don't know. Like it, it was just one of those plays that you go back and you look like you know why why do it that dangerous? Why be that you know just so abrupt with it? Like there's no reason that Dylan should have been swinging that hard, but he also knows that he has to get to the ball to try to block it. And I think he's trying to go over top of his head and his, his arm, elbow, everything catches the top of his head. And because they, they are both flying down the court in a full sprint, he has to be a little bit more cognitive of the way it's going to happen, the way it's going to come down. And the end of the day, I think that Dylan Brooks, was very reckless about this. Yep. So that's where I stand. I don't think Dylan is a dirty player. He went to him right away and tried to help him up. He knew that he just knocked him out. And so at the end of the day, Gary Payton's hurt, and that sucks. But I don't want any more of the excuses. The excuses, I'm over with them. It's not the refs. I think they're okay. No, one team is yeah. is always going to have a problem with the ref in a game because it's a little bit more lopsided than the other. It, it happens. We've had our issues in that Timberwolves game. I feel like they were just being a little too handsy. These games, there's been 40-ish fouls in them. It's not been like 60 like it was in Timberwolves game at one point. So I just want the, the Warriors fans, I just want them to maybe, I guess, look at basketball differently than what they do. I feel like they've been privileged in a sense. And I feel like usually people that are in that area, you're a little privileged because you probably have to have some kind of money. If you're growing up uh, in that area, I would imagine their ticket price is a little bit higher than ours. So we're probably a different uh, style, I would imagine. I don't know. Uh, but I just, I just want this to be a good, fun series. I don't want the fans on either side ruining it. So that's why I'm bringing on Tyler, who is with Dubs Lead. I hope you'll enjoy that. I hope you'll tune in because that will be fun. It'll be coming out probably Thursday. Uh, so make sure if you're listening to this on Thursday, go back and check that one out as well. Uh, but anything else that you have, Nathan, I, I, I know you have tons. So, so dial it back. We want to end the podcast at some point. So uh, what do you have? You're, you're cheesing over there. Nobody can see it. But you're cheesing. Let me be clear. I would love to have a friendly fun back and forth with a fan base. Same. I could care less about you Warriors fans. If you want to stay over there being miserable and just being pissy about anything that isn't just absolutely laying at the feet, like washing Steph Curry's feet with your tongue, I don't care. Be miserable. 
but it's a lot more fun to not be miserable. And we're going to have fun over here in Memphis, regardless. You can be petty and throw all your stupid takes out there. And we're just going to make fun of you, have fun, and have fun watching basketball, no matter what. And for any of you who think if you win this series, that's going to be, oh, we're going to have the one up. Guess what? You're not. Because we're coming back next year just as cocky as we are this year. It's not going to affect a thing. So I would love for everybody to have fun. But if you Warriors fans want to be miserable, that's fine. We're going to have fun over here. So I'm with Daniel. Sure. Come back. Have fun. Let's be friendly. You're not ruining it for us. You're just not. So have fun being miserable. You can ruin it for yourselves. Grizzlies fans, we're going to have a great time. Yep, we're going to have a blast. Uh, I feel like we keep it real, honestly. Um, and I, I've been in the fan base for a long time, uh, ever since uh, they've really just came over here in 01, 02. So I've been around for a long time. I've never been as involved um, as I am now. Each year I grow more and more involved. And I can honestly say that uh, this fan base, we are petty. But 100% of the time, 100%, not 99 100 percent of the time if you talk about our guys we're going to show you memphis and and i I say that with no cockiness to it i'm telling you memphis is different if you've lived here if you're a memphian it is what it is i don't know what it is but we get a, a little hood in us we'll say uh we get a little uh i won't say gangster i'm not gangster no way um <laughs> A little rough around the edges, right? We we get that way because we we rep our guys, like we rep our city, we rep our hood, like that's who we are. And a lot of that comes off as us being like either petty or just kind of being fans that uh, will just kind of come at you. Because y- yes, yes, we will come at you. We are fans, but we rep just like we love. We go hard, and I promise you, that's really what we're going to give you a hundred percent of the time. Speaking of love, I'm not sure if we said much about this yet. I do want to make sure we make a point before we are done. Zaire Williams. God, ah, yeah. Love it. We we won't we don't have enough time to get into it, but man, that leaning three in transition, dude, blew my mind. Great defense, great all around game. Shout out to Zaire Williams. We just have to say that before we get off the pod. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to break him down too much because I have uh, my love and uh, hates with him, my pros and cons with him. Uh, the man was, um, he was a blessing from heaven last night, we'll say, because without him, the Grizzlies do not win that game. Even with Ja going the way he was, those those threes were big, crucial, huge, enormous. Kind of like our fan base. All right, that's all we have this week, Nathan. I appreciate you hopping on. We're going to keep killing it this week. We might drop you a podcast a day. Who knows? I ain't got anything else better to do but rep the hood, right? I don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if he'll be here, but why not? <laughs> I'll be around. All right, so tomorrow, bring it out. Another one. You can follow Grizz Lead at Grizz underscore Lead. You can follow me at Daniel Greer. If you don't know how to spell it, sorry about your boy. And if you can follow Nathan at Mim Grizz Homer, yeah, it's a mouthful. All right, but go follow us. Check us out. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, whatever. But whatever you do, be nice and tell your friends.